Active FM presents Food for Thought with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Vicky Anslin. All right, let's pray together. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask that you speak to my life, that you minister to my heart, that your word would be revealed to me today so that I can understand it and declare it and do it and see it change my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What we've been looking at, and I just wanted to deviate quickly because obviously we're looking at a series called The Wise Man Once Said, but we've been looking this weekend at 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 to 18. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. In other words, our outer self can be hit by COVID-19 and all sorts of other illnesses. Our Our inner self is being renewed day by day. So we are being renewed on the inside by the power of the Holy Spirit. Every single day we are being built up. We are changing. The blood of Jesus is washing us. The blood of Jesus is, is doing things that we cannot even begin to understand. The blood of Jesus is working in us to restore our DNA back to that which we were originally created to be. For this light momentary affliction, this light momentary affliction, now it doesn't feel light and momentary. When you think about how long the whole pandemic, lockdown, and all of these things have been going on. But it says uh, for this light momentary affliction. Now these guys, many times when they're talking about this, they're in jail. They're being tortured for their faith. Their life is anything but good. And then he talks about this light momentary affliction. Whatever we're going through, it is a light momentary affliction. And what is it doing? It is preparing us. It is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So we are being built up for the glory of God to live for eternity through this light momentary affliction because everything we go through in this life is light and momentary. Nothing is permanent. And therefore it might feel different today. But even COVID-19 is not permanent. Even COVID, I've heard about COVID-22. So when COVID-22 comes, that is not permanent. When COVID-35 comes... And some people know about Agenda 2030 and all sorts of things. It's not permanent. This light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight beyond all comparison as we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. It means they're temporary. Even a virus can be seen. They are transient. They are temporary. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Now we started looking at um, at Abraham from the book of Romans and I just want to give you the three key points that we cannot be saved by what we do but only by what we believe. We also looked at the point that by application of the blood of Jesus our sin is not counted against us. And I want to say this to you. If your sin is counted against you, I don't care how much money you have, you are cursed, you are not blessed. You are only blessed when your sin is no longer counted against you. And our third point last week was righteousness comes to us apart from the law. If you look at Romans 4 verse 12, and he then also is the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised, but also follow in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham, before he was circumcised. The faith of Abraham became, came before the law. And Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Now I want you to understand, by the grace of God, things have come to you free. But the grace of God must produce something in your life. The grace of God needs to produce a change in your life or it isn't grace you see let me tell you something about the grace of God the grace of God is not something that just comes along and gives you permission to sin because if it were that it is powerless and the grace of God is not powerless in fact it's awe-inspiring and powerful the grace of God leads you on to what we're talking about today to realize that you're called for great things Now in Romans chapter 4 verse 13 to 25, I want you to listen very carefully to what this says. 
It was not through the law that Abraham and his offering received the promise that he would be the heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath. Now wrath is the anger, the punishment of God. Wrath is when God comes down like a ton of bricks. And then it says, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only those who are of the law, but also those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Every single person that believes in Jesus, even if they weren't under the law, in other words, those who were born Jewish, every person who believes in Jesus, every person who puts their faith in the Lord, we are children of Abraham. He is the father of us all, and we have inherited his promises. And then verse 17 says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope. Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over, over to death for our sins. And was raised to life for our justification. I want you to think about those words. That the Lord Jesus Christ was delivered over to, to death for our sins. And then he was raised to life for our justification. Now we declared last week that we are justified by the blood of Jesus. Which means that God sees us as if we've never sinned. Until you get to the place where that revelation becomes true for you. You are cursed. By the blood of Jesus, you are justified. There is no other way for it to happen. It can only happen by the blood of Jesus. This is why the cross has to be the focus of your life. This is why the cross has to be the focus of your family. This is why the cross has to be the focus of your work or whatever you do in this life. Everything needs to revolve around the cross because without the cross, you are not justified. Now this verse or these verses tell us a lot about the promise that God gave to Abraham and what that promise means for us. The promises that God made to Abraham are ours. This is what the Apostle Paul is telling the Corinthian church. It's what he's telling us today. Not the Corinthian, the Roman church, sorry. It's what he's telling us today in a powerful, powerful way. And the core of the promise is this in verse 17. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So, so what is this? God has called us to become, if we're men, the father of many nations. If we're women, the mother of many nations. And I want to tell you, the whole LGBT movement is out there. The, the, the enemy is using it to cancel this promise from your life. What is the best way for the enemy to cancel the promise? There's only one thing that he can do. He can get you to a position where you don't want it. If you don't want it, it's null and void. If you want it, he cannot stop it. And I want to challenge you with that today. Because whether you have faith or not is measured by how much you believe the promises of God. And you live as if they're true. God has made you a father or a mother of many nations. It means you don't have to become an influencer on Instagram because God has already declared that you're a father and a mother of many nations and Satan wants to destroy your image so that you no longer believe that. 
He wants you to lose your identity. And if you lose your identity, you lose the promises that God has given you. You lose the promises of God from your life. The enemy knows this. And that's why he wants to separate you from the promises by getting you to believe that you don't want them. Let me tell you something. You only believe you don't want them. And you're believing a lie. You want them. Across the street and we actually see this kid that's walking up. My name's Todd. Dude, I like your shirt. Thanks, bro. Idea. Love yeah, Jesus, bro. I love Jesus too. Then he walked over and he's like, "Hey, man." He goes, "I like your shirt." He goes, Are "You a Christian?" He goes, "I am too." As soon as he said that, I looked up and saw the earbuds hanging off his ears, and I saw like him working in a recording studio, like recording music. I saw those earplugs like hanging on your ears. Oh yeah. I really feel like you have a real love for music, not just like music you're listening to, but I feel like you have this like thing inside of you to like actually record music. How do you and, like, know that? I just heard it in my heart when we were yeah, sitting here talking. That? That, that's actually like my my um, one of my yeah like passions. So I just mentioned it to him. Here he was living on the street like a year earlier, gave his life to Christ, like came off the street, is actually doing good, and he takes walks just to chill and take walks. And when that word came, he goes, oh my God, that's like, this is freaking me out because that's like, that's what I want to do. That's a dream that I have. Every time I get in the studio, yeah. it's always around thugs and drug dealers yeah, and yeah. all this stuff, you know. Which, yeah. I mean, that's their choices, but I, yeah. I don't want to get involved with that too much, you know. I yeah. really just want to get into the music. Bro, I want to pray for you. I think God will make it happen. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Let me pray for you. Can I put my hand on your chest? Yeah. All right, all right. So, Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you for grace on his life. The Holy Spirit, you would God is so into pulling the dreams out of people's hearts so that he can be known as a God that sees everything and that he wants you to succeed. He wants to give you abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, God. I ask you for a great grace, God. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. In Jesus' name, come right now. Fill him, God. Jesus, fill him. Amen, bro. What'd you feel? Whoa, everything feels different now. Ready. Yeah. Bless you, man. Thanks for keeping an amazing heart, bro. Right. Staying humble, right? So we're sitting there, we're praying for this kid and just blessing him. And, and then another guy comes up who's homeless and he wants to be on the video. And I, I drank, I did drugs 22 years, bro. And then Jesus like set me free. It's amazing. I heard you say you don't want prayer. Why? Because I believe in God. Okay, but like, why wouldn't you want? Why wouldn't you want prayer though? I got that question for you. Got my head in my butt. I get it. But watch, what does that listen to me, man? When Jesus walked the earth, the liars, the thieves, the prostitutes, the worst of the worst, they were drawn to him and they loved him, and he prayed for everybody, not because they had their act together. I look at you and I see somebody that's worthy of Jesus, bro. Not because of what you've done, but because of what he did. No one told me that for, 20, for 34 years of my life, bro. I don't want nothing from you, but is there anything I can pray for you for? Anything at all? Really? All right. But I appreciate talking Yeah, no, hug me, man. Like, I just want to bless him. So we did, we blessed him. And he was like, man, it's really neat to watch Jesus touch his heart. Because it wasn't like he was asking for it. It was like God wanted to give it to him because he loves him. Are you serious? Because I love you. <laughs> God damn you, man. I love you, man. Want me to? All right, man. Yay. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you, man. And so when our path interrupts somebody that doesn't even know where they're headed, all of a sudden Jesus becomes the answer for everybody. And if we just walk generous and if we walk filled with the Holy Ghost, we see everybody come to Jesus. Because my God is amazing.
You see the liars, the sinners, the worst of the worst, the least of the least. They wanted to hang with Jesus, and they're not banging down the doors of the church today. And since they're not banging down the doors of the church, I'm pretty sure that that means we need to go to them. So it's time for us to step out and be bold and be filled with Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and be able to touch people everywhere we go. Doesn't matter. You do not need to be in full-time ministry. When you entered into the kingdom and you got born again, you became a full-time missionary. You just might not see it. But when you find out who God says you are, all of a sudden you're a missionary everywhere you are. Whether you're in business, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a teacher, your whole life has been given to God. And you yield to Him and He will use you in every sphere of influence that you are. And God wants to completely saturate every job, every place with missionaries, which are people that are born again, full-time Christians that live with a full-time Holy Spirit that is never quiet and He knows everything about everybody. I want you to think about those words. Why wouldn't you want prayer? And so let me ask you the question. Why wouldn't you want prayer? I think uh, another quote from, <clears throat> from that video is, it's not like he was asking for it, but God wanted to touch him. And I just feel that speaking to some of us today, it's not like you're asking for it, but God wants to touch you. When you do what you're called to do, then Jesus becomes the answer for everything and for everyone. Think about this quote as well. You don't need to be a full-time missionary, but when you become born again, you become a full-time missionary. doesn't matter what your job is. doesn't matter where you're at. I want to say something to you. Please understand the awesomeness of God. Please understand the awesomeness of living for Him. We, we cannot even begin to imagine or talk about or think about what God wants to do in our lives and through our lives. We cannot even begin to fathom the blessing of God until we experience it. We cannot even begin to understand or put a picture together of the love of God until we experience it. It's something that happens supernaturally and it comes from the promise that God gave to Abraham. And the thing that you should realize from this video is that the promise is for everyone. Romans 4 verse 16 says, Therefore the, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed. Listen to that. It's guaranteed. It means if you want it, you will have it. To who? To all Abraham's offspring. Not only those who are of the law, but also those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Every person who decides to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the faith of Abraham. The Hebrews were special because they were the children of God. They were the children of the promise that God gave to Abraham. In the spiritual realm, they had status, and God looked out for them. They received this because of their bloodline, their physical bloodline. Their bloodline went back to Abraham. It was a bloodline of blessing. But God promised Abraham that the whole world would be blessed through him. So when we gave our lives to Jesus, we became like the Hebrews through faith. When we believe in Jesus, we receive the promises of God. The same promises that God gave to Abraham. And that is why an ex-drug addict told Todd White that he is so excited about the gospel. Todd White was messed up. He was broken. And God saved him supernaturally at a time when he was shot and all sorts of things went wrong with the drug deal. And he got saved. He got radically saved. And, and the thing is, sometimes we think the drug addict, the drug dealer, the pimp, the prostitute, the child trafficker, the serial killer, you know, the worst of the worst of the worst. Sometimes we think that they need the gospel. Every one of us need the gospel just as much as Adolf Hitler did. And until we come to that, until we come to realization how much we need the gospel, we will never ever surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's only when we surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ that we really begin to experience the fullness of Him. Some of us can be saved. We're walking around. We have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but we're living in hell because we will not surrender our lives to Him. We will not truly make Him the Lord of our lives. 
Todd White discovered the awesomeness of the good news. The awesomeness of the good news is the love of God which fills your heart. And it's a, it's a love that just spills out into your, your love for people. Even those who come in against you. And by faith in Jesus, Abraham has become the father of us all. And God, God's promises are available to all. And the last time I checked, all includes you. And, and what, what differentiated Abraham and what differentiates people that, that do great things for God Abraham believed God for the impossible. Look at Romans 4 verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said of him, so shall your offspring be. Listen, in the natural there was no hope for Abraham to have children. Go and read his story. There was no hope. He was way past the age of pension. He believed when age was overpowering his ability to reproduce. But God does things in such a way that we know it was him. If Abraham had had the child earlier in life, there could have been a doubt in his mind. But if you have a child when you're nearing 100 years of age, you know it's God. God has blessed you with a promise to be fathers and mothers of many nations. And what does that mean? That means that you have a voice and your voice is made powerful by the force of numbers. When those who do not have influence talk, no matter how profound their words may be, their words are reduced to complaints. And so many times, if we don't have influence, all we're doing is complaining. Because even if what we're saying is right, even if what we're saying is good, doesn't matter, it's not going to change anything. Those who aren't fathers and mothers of nations are powerless. And they have to go with the flow because the current is too strong for them to swim against it. When God grows us, when we multiply, our words carry weight by the force of numbers. Our ability to change evil for good is increased. And that is why fathers of many nations and mothers of many nations, it is a promise. It is a glorious promise. It is an awesome promise. It is a magnificent promise. And let me tell you something. I've seen many, many people in many, many spheres over many, many times. Many people who are bent on evil, guess what? They always try and get other people to do it with them. Because there deep in our heart is a desire to be fathers and mothers of nations. Even when the desire is corrupted and we just want it for ourselves. And here's the other thing about Abraham. Abraham's faith never weakened even when his body did. In Romans 4 verse 19 it says, Without weakening in his faith, he... He, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Listen to this. I mean, he's nearing 100. His body was as good as dead. He was a breathing corpse. Think about what this is saying. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Now God had promised Abraham many descendants from his own bloodline, and through age his body was as good as dead. I mean, I want you to think about this. The guy's nearing 100, and he's believing to have a son, and his wife's nearing 90, and her womb was dead. Yet Abraham's faith never weakened. I want you to think about how incredible that is. Abraham's faith never weakened. When our dreams are dead, we need to remember that God is not. Just because your dreams are dead doesn't mean that God is dead and doesn't mean that the promise is void. When things have been ripped from the hearts of our life, we need to remember that God's word is still alive. Abraham trusted God over what he saw in his body. We have the same promise. We have the same hope. But we need to believe in Jesus. Why? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45 says, The first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Abraham, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. 
Earthly people are like earthly men and heavenly people are like the heavenly men. Just as we are now like the earthly men, we will someday be like the heavenly men. There's the promise. There's the promise. And if you're like the earthly man, guess what? From dust you came and to dust you will return. But if you're like the heavenly man, then you are going to have a glorious ascension into heaven. And one day you will shine like the sun as you rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ for forever and ever and ever and ever. In a place where we will not need the light of the sun because why? The glory of God will be there and we will not need clothes because we will be shining like the sun. Adam's spirit died because of sin. But I want you to think about what does that mean for the image of man? You see, the reason why you don't believe the promises of God is because your image is under attack. When God created Adam, he gave him pure, 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 pure DNA. Without contamination. There was no contamination in him. And this placed him in a lineage that was superior to any other creature in the universe, including the angels. Some people are worshipping the angels, but we were created to be superior to the angels. We were made in the image of God, which the angels weren't. But then what happened is Adam sinned, and the sin contaminated his blood, and this altered his genetic code. People are worried that the vaccine alters your DNA. Let me tell you, your DNA was, was altered a long time ago in the Garden of Eden, and unless you come into contact with the blood of Jesus, your DNA is corrupt, it's messed up, and that's why you're going to die. Adam ceased to be an authority, and he became a slave. You see, when you've lost your identity, you're no longer an authority, you're a slave. You were created to be an, uh, an authority, now you're a slave. Guess why you're frustrated? That's why. You're not fulfilling what you were called to be. And this means that because of sin, we all have the wrong image. One that comes from sin, rather than one that comes from God. And you know, many times we can sit in a service and we can think, yes, oh, Bobby should be listening to this message. Bobby should be listening to this message because Bobby doesn't realize that his genetic code is contaminated and he needs the blood of Jesus. Forget about talking about Bobby. What about you? What about you? The wrong image extended throughout Abraham's lineage until Jesus came. Jesus was the second man and he came as the image of God. The second coming of man was only was the only possible means to redeem the entire human race from the contamination of sin. There, there just is no other way. You know, people say there's lots of ways to God. They don't understand the contamination of sin when they say that. Without Jesus coming, there's, there's no way to decontaminate people. It was important that it did not come from some genealogical line from the first man because the first man now carried the wrong image the second man had to come from heaven he had to be conceived by the Holy Spirit in other words God was doing a do-over and now guess what happens he died for us and so now an exchange can take place by faith we can come to the cross. We can cry out to Him. And an exchange takes place. He gives us Himself as we give ourselves to Him. I know many times we think, why in the world would I want to give my whole life to Jesus? Why would I want to surrender to Jesus? Because what you have is corrupt. And that's why you're frustrated. He wants you to give, He wants to give you His life. But in order for that to take place, you have to give Him yours. Isaiah 52 verse 14 says, But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. Jesus was beaten to the point you couldn't even recognize he was a human being. He completely lost his identity. And then verse 15 says, And he, would, he will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence. For they will see what they had not been told. They will understand what they had not heard about. And this is what God wants to place in your life. That you will stand before kings and queens. That they will be astounded by you. 
Because they will see the glory of God shining through you. They will be speechless. They will not know what to say. Jesus shed his blood from his face when the soldiers beat him and they ripped the beard from his face and the blood flowed. And he lost his identity right there. The blood that flowed is blood that we can apply so that we can get restored back to the original, back to what God originally created us to be. I want to tell you if the promises of Abraham do not excite you, then you need to come because at the end of the day, there's a new image that God has set before you. And it's an eternal image. It's not just an image for now. You cannot fully grasp what the gospel is offering you without grasping eternity. Everything that happens today, you have to see in the light of eternity. Otherwise, you do not know what's going on. You do not understand. You do not have a clue. Jesus shed his blood from his face to restore the image of God in our lives. And when he restores the image of God in our lives, then we impact many with the gospel. I want you to think about Todd White, drug addict, messed up marriage, wife hated him. Selling drugs, doing drugs, doing despicable things. Then he has an encounter with Jesus. Now he goes around dressed very weird with dreadlocks and all sorts of things. And he preaches so passionately about Jesus. Why? You know what Jesus said? Those that are forgiven of much will love much. Those that are forgiven of little will forgive will, will love little. The reality is, those of us who think we've been forgiven of little are fooled. Because the only thing you need to do to need forgiveness is to have pride. And when you have pride, what does that mean? All it, all it, all it means, all you need to do is to believe that you can be good without God. That's all you need to do. If you believe that you can be good without God, if you believe that you can live without God. If you believe that anything is the source of your life other than God, if you are listening to any other voice other than God's, <laughs> that's it. You can be the most austere person. You can be the, the, the most sophisticated person. You can be an academic genius or a, a business whiskey. You can be a political bombshell. Whatever you are, it's nothing it's nothing and you're walking around with all of these things thinking how good you are in the meantime that's pride and and that's it you've fallen short of the glory of god you separated from god right there you're looking down on other people you're looking down on them in terms of the sins that they've committed you're irritated by them That's it. You're separated. You're just as bad as Hitler. You're just as far from God as Hitler. And until you come to that realization, and until you come to the realization that when Jesus was beaten for a pulp, he wasn't only beaten for Hitler. He was beaten like that for you and for me. Every single one of us are in desperate need for this. The gospel message is crying out. Like a voice in the wilderness saying, you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus. It's the only way to righteousness. The only thing that can wash your sin away is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that can restore your image back to that which God created originally is the blood of Jesus. There is nothing else. There just is nothing else. There is no other way. I want to say it again. To say that there are many ways to heaven is a lie from the pit of hell. And many have been deceived by that. Do not be deceived by that. Because the Bible also says in the book of Hebrews that all of us have been appointed to die one day. We all have an appointment with death. And then, this is the big part, and then to face judgment. And then to face judgment. So why did Jesus have to die? Romans 4 verse 25 says, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So, 
Why did Jesus have to die? Because we're going to face judgment. And if we receive the gift that Jesus gave, then he was punished for our sin. His blood washes our sin away. And then he was raised to life for our justification. We will stand there before the throne of God on the day of judgment, sinless. Because of the blood of Jesus. Because of our faith. Because we made him Lord. Believing this or disbelieving this separates those that are destined for heaven and those that are not. I want to say that to you again and I want to really say it very strongly today. Believing this or disbelieving this separates those that are destined for heaven and those who are not. And I just want to finish off with this thought. And the thought is this, you know, maybe many of us have come into the service today and we've got all these issues that we got with all these people and all this hatred and all of this stuff. And the other people that we've got the issues with are always wrong. And Jesus said, those who are forgiven much will love much. Those who are forgiven little will, will love little. Now, here's the reality. How much you're forgiven of or how little you're forgiven of is your perception. We were all doomed from the day we were conceived without the blood of Jesus. The moment we could speak, we lied. The moment we could use our hands and our, and our legs, we stole. We know that that's true about every single one of us. We know that none of us are as good as we like to make out. That's why in politics they hire image consultants. Consultants who tell them how to build their image. It's fake. It's not, it's not really who those politicians are. And then we all like to complain about the politicians. But all of us hire image consultants. We put on a front. What happens when a young man and a young woman meet and they fall in love? They get image consultants. How do I put my best foot forward? How do I look my best? How do I act my best? I pretend that nothing's too much trouble. I pretend that I'm the most kind person on the face of the planet. Till I got them. Then the real monster comes out. That's how we all are. And until we come, realizing this, broken before the Lord, throwing ourselves face down at the cross, forgiving every person that has messed up with us, because there's plenty of people that need to forgive us. And realizing when we sin, as Psalm 51 says, we sin not only against people, but we sin against God Himself first. The people is second. And I want you to realize even for yourself, the people that have sinned against you, <laughs> the impact on, of, on you of that sin is secondary. They sinned against God first. So let it go. The Lord says, I'm the one that's been injured first here because I created you. What's worse to be, to, to, to be sinned against? You being sinned against or your creation? Well, if your creation is sinned against, you're sinned against. You take it very personally. And God would love it for the devil to go fight him because he can handle himself. But he hates it when people he created are attacked by the devil. Because they can't handle it. And the devil's going to pay. He's going to pay. You read the last book of the Bible, he's going to pay. But now I want to ask you, has your sin been washed away? Because if your sin hasn't been washed away by the blood of Jesus, you'll pay with him. And I know it's not always popular for people to hear that, but that's the reality. And so if you were to die today, do you know that Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you know that you'd face God with confidence that the blood of Jesus has washed your sin away? Are you sitting here with thoughts of the way you've conducted your life and your sin? And how you defend yourself and you're always defensive. And you're always claiming that you never did what you know you did. And, and maybe you're thinking, you know, my sin is too big for the Lord. It's never too big for the Lord. 
The blood of Jesus is way more expensive than the worst sin you could ever commit. Nothing can separate you from the love of God if you will turn your heart towards Him. Nothing that you've done can separate you from the love of God unless you die without acknowledging Christ. The Lord may have been speaking to you in this service. And you may be thinking, I'm going to put this off for a while and maybe I'll receive Him later. And the Lord's saying, listen, if you don't receive me right now, you need to understand I've had to I've had to tear the devil away from your mind in order for you to have this moment. You need to make that commitment right now. You need to make that commitment this second. For if you don't do it now, something will shut down and you may never have this opportunity again. Today might be the last time. You might live another 50 years. But if you don't give your life now, it will never happen. Don't wait another day for today is the day of your salvation. Or maybe you're sitting and you just came in feeling deflated because you have no purpose. You're looking at the future. You're wondering, is there a future? Listen, Jesus shed his blood to give an eternal future. To give an eternal purpose. If you come to him, he will will do it for you. Romans 10 verse 8 and 9 says, This is how easy it is to receive Jesus. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What is the word of faith? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, in other words, you're confessing Jesus owns you, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You say, that's too easy. I know it is, but let me tell you, it's impossible for you anyway. So it seems way too easy because someone else did it for you. And Jesus loved you enough to do this for you. And Jesus is saying to you right now, your eternal destiny is at stake. Don't wait. Don't wait. Now is the time. This place is an altar. Where you are right now is an altar. And this altar has the blood of Jesus on it and it sanctifies everything. Don't think you'll have a more effective prayer time later. Now is the time. Now is the time. And when you respond here, what you're saying to God, you're saying, Lord, this is my time. You're right. Lord, I give up. I've been pushing you away for a while. I surrender to you. I want to commit to you right now. I want you to be all over my life right now. I want to submit my life completely to you right now because I can't wait until later. I can't wait until I get home. I can't wait until I've eaten lunch because I don't know if, I'm, if I'll make it. I want to commit to you right now. I want to live close to you from this day forward because I want to know that one day when my time comes, when death comes knocking, I want to know that I'll be ready. And that therefore my death won't affect me. Because I'll have the assurance in my heart that I'll live with you for eternity. I just want to say, young or old, you don't know when you're going to go. You don't know. You need to make the most of the opportunity right now. And so I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes. If you're watching on, on the, the live stream or if you're listening to the audio or you're watching the service after it's happened, then I'm, I'm going to ask you if you need to give your life to Jesus to send an email to info at theactivechurch.org. That's info at theactivechurch.org. Just send us an email and say, I've given my life to Jesus for the first time today or say, I've recommitted my life to Jesus today. And then leave us contact details so that we can contact you. We'd really love to walk this journey with you. It's an awesome journey. And if you're here at Salby, if you're at Henley, or at one of the other sites, in a moment I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you raise your hand, you should be given a slip of paper. And I'm going to ask you to please give us your details so that we can contact you. And so if you need to give your life to Jesus or you need to recommit your life to Jesus, just raise your hands right now. I see some hands already went up. Some more hands have gone up. Just raise your hand right now. Some more hands have gone up. If the Lord is calling on you right now to say, I want you to repent, I want you to change.
I want you to follow me. I want you to commit now to follow me and to surrender your life to me. Just raise your hand right now and do so. Some more hands have gone up. I'm going to ask the leaders at the sites, please make sure that you get the people. And now we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you to put your right hand on your heart. And I want you to visualize Jesus. I want you to visualize him dying on the cross for you, personally. His blood is being shed for you. I want you to see all the arguments that the enemy has against you because of sins that you have committed, because of curses that are on your life, because of sins that family members and ancestors have committed. I want you to see the blood of Jesus coming down off the cross onto all of those arguments, all of those papers with that evidence stacked against you. And I want you to see the blood of Jesus just destroying it right now. Because although Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, the Bible says that this Jesus, the same Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he was dying on the cross over 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary, his work stands now because it stood once and for all. It's a forever kind of work. And because of that blood that's falling onto all of those arguments, the debt that you have before God because of sin is paid for. Jesus himself, just before he died, said, It is finished. It is over. And the blood that he shed was the price that he paid to wash all of our sins away. I want you to see your sin is washed away right now. Your sin is destroyed. Your sin is incinerated. It doesn't exist anymore. I want you to feel the relief. And now we're going to say the prayer where we're committing to make him Lord of our lives. And we're going to declare what we believe. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize I'm a sinner. I repent of everything I've done wrong. I renounce my life of sin. And I accept your sacrifice. And I know that it was the price you paid for my redemption. And Lord, today I ask that the blood of your wounded body would wash me clean of all rebellion and all sin. Set me free from any sickness and any pain. Lord, today I accept that my debt has been paid. There is no outstanding balance. You paid everything for me on the cross of Calvary. I accept that by your blood I'm justified. And you see me as though I've never sinned. And by your blood I'm sanctified. And you have chosen me to serve you. And I'm willing to serve you. And today, Lord, I open the door of my heart. I invite you to come in as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and giving me eternal life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.